Taz is going where Taz belongs. Taz is going home. home. It's Enhancement Talent with Dan and Evan. Hello, folks. We're back with another episode. It took us a little while to get back to you um, because I got the stomach flu. And I got a migraine. Sounds phenomenally less dramatic and interesting. But if you've ever had a migraine, oh, it's just, it's hell. It's pure hell on wheels. Anyway, we're back. We're recording. We're in yeah. my living room on this night. You know, we're not really in, in great uh, great spirits after being uh, beset with illness and, and pain yes. for so long. So we felt like kind of doing a mean one this oh, time. Yeah. We're, we, we wanted to talk about something pretty miserable. Um, you know, it's not a, not a this isn't going to be a celebration of the heights of the wrestling art form. Absolutely Rather, not. Rather, um, one of the worst pay-per-views ever to have been put on by... WWE or any company. Oh yeah. Um, one of the dis- it's December to December 2006 from uh, WWE's ill-fated ECW reboot. That now, is correct. ECW um, for those who weren't familiar during the late 90s was uh, was originally a rival wrestling company to the WWE Extreme Championship Wrestling. Um, originally it was Eastern Championship Wrestling, but then it became Extreme Championship Wrestling. Thank you, it Shane was, Douglas. It was popularized by, uh, promoted by Paul Heyman, who is now in the WWE as a manager. And, uh... He is not a manager. He is the advocate. All right, manager, advocate, um, mouthpiece for Brock Lesnar. But, uh, in his time in, in ECW, he was, uh actually gave Vince McMahon a bit of a run for his money, not necessarily in terms of money, but uh, in terms of TV ratings and... Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, many wrestling fans that existed during the 90s Attitude Era. ECW became known not just for brutal hardcore matches, but also um, as a place where they'd bring in wrestlers that you, you just wouldn't see on WWE TV. Um, absolutely. Independent wrestlers with technical skills that weren't being showcased on Raw. Or um, wrestlers from Japan or Mexico, luchadors, strong style wrestlers who uh, who worked a very different style. For what it's worth, it really introduced us to guys like Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Psychosis, Chris Jericho, yep. uh, Chris Benoit, yeah, um, um, Tajiri, right? Yep. Uh, and, and then you know it also it did yeah. have the 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 hardcore uh, Dreamer and Raven. And yeah, the you know, Sandman, the a guy who basically just got got drunk and hit you with a cane, yeah, instead of actually wrestling. Yep. And then you know you also had your hardcore rabble, your uh, your full blooded Italians, your um, your, Mikey your Whipwreck, maybe. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't. I would actually say Mikey Whipre- Whipwreck is a little different, just because he actually held the ECW title. Um, hmm. Originally, I was gonna malign him myself, but then I I thought about it for a moment. Um, you also had, you know, guys like Danny Doring, Amish Roadkill, like, just random fucking rabble, honestly. But uh, ECW was a real, 
mixed bag and you know for all the times that it was kind of crappy most of the time it was a treat um so i was personally really excited when after sev- after a couple of successful one night stand shows uh Vince that was when, when they, they brought back ECW talent in the WWE Correct. for like for one, one, one of a time pay, pay-per-views, which yeah. were very well received. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The first one is still in my, it's probably in my top ten yeah, uh, favorite pay-per-views of all time. People uh, loved ECW when it existed. It yep. shut down around, what, 2000 or yeah, 2001? Like early 2001, And I then say. people were uh, very excited to see it, it live on. Yes, but and, uh, uh, to, they were disappointed. To remember, and uh, WWE uh, basically took a big steaming dump every former ECW fan's nostalgia. Oh yeah, they um, they really um, they really shit in that nostalgia purse. They decided, hey, people are all about this ECW thing still in the two thousands. Let's uh, let's leverage that name for uh, a new wrestling show we want to pitch to the Sci Fi Network. Yeah. It felt very much like Vince McMahon was like, here's a house full of Tinder sticks known as ECW. Financially precarious. Um, I have some of these wrestlers under contract. It's been five, almost six years since they closed their doors. And I'm just going to burn the fucking house down. And you know what I'm going to do? Right after that, I'm going to make you take your socks off and your shoes and then I'm going to throw glass bottles on the ashes and I'm going to make you walk across it. And that is what December to Dismember was. That sounds like an, an even uh, more terrifying uh, structure to be in than the Extreme Elimination Chamber. Oh, indeed. The main event of tonight's pay-per-view. Really the this only fucking match, honestly. The, the only rebranded ECW pay-per-view that the WWE would ever put on Correct. past this. This is meant to be the start of regular pay-per-views, you know, to compete with Raw exclusive pay-per-views and SmackDown exclusive ones. And uh, to that end, it was held, like, what, two weeks after Survivor Series or another really big... It was held two weeks after Survivor Series and two weeks before Armageddon. Yeah. So So right off the bat, that's a... that's setting you up for a very poorly attended and poorly uh, bought pay-per-view. I think this is the lowest selling pay-per-view in WWE's history. Um, I believe so, yeah. According to the old kind of standards of pay-per-view ratings, you know, oh well yeah, before I mean, the, the WWE Network. They've been out the window for four um, years now. But, but um, you know, keep in mind, back in back at once upon a time, you'd actually have to pay like 50 or $60 for one yeah. of these pay-per-views on, well, pay-per-view. And keep in mind, and two weeks later, HD. now they're asking you to watch another one. Yep. So, And you know, then they're asking you to watch another one after that. Like, that's that right there is fucking overkill. So this pay per view is pretty much only watched by, um, you know, very rich middle school kids. Um, <laughs> you know, like I, I I watched this at like you know Zach's house because like, you know, he got his dad to buy both the pay per views this month. Oh yeah, and you know maybe he'd invite some of the, the plebeians over to like show off his largesse. Mm. His um, big screen TV in his refinished basement. Yeah, you know, like you know, the kid who had all the Legos. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. He had. He had. Like even the Lego trains. That kid watched uh, December to Dismember. Absolutely, he did. You know who else watched December to Dismember? Who? Live and in person. This guy. <laughs> oh no. Live on pay per view. I shelled out fifty dollars of my own hard earned U.S. currency to no, watch this no. fucking show. I skipped Survivor Series. 
to watch this fucking show. I was such a diehard ECW fan. I was so excited when they brought it back. And my excited my excitement refused to wane, dude. Completely refused to fucking wane this entire time through slogging months of garbage television where I watched the ECW originals become basically enhancement talent to like Rene Dupree or Shannon Moore. Um, I mean, and, terrible and, wrestlers. Yeah, but also bless him, CM Punk. But nonetheless, it's like the same, the same yeah. thing. So, um, ECW, like I said earlier, was aired. The rebooted ECW TV show was aired on the Sci-Fi Network, and uh, apparently, according to some Sci-Fi executive, it was um, they really wanted science fictional characters on yes. their wrestling show, um, which which somehow meant that um, they had a wrestling zombie. Um, oh yes. R.I.P. to the ECW zombie. Indeed. Uh, the or to the wrestler portraying that uh, spooky character. Indeed. They had a vampire wrestler. Kevin they, Thorne. They kind of dialed uh, some of the the overt science fictional elements down um, shortly into the show, yeah. but uh, let's not forget that that's. Um, I mean, by the time we get here, they took a, a show known for uh, hardcore realism and uh, you know the celebration of the the limits to which the human body can be pushed and uh, turned it into the wrestling zombie show. <laughs> yeah. Though to be fair, um, the Sandman and in 2006 was kind of wrestling like he was a zombie. That's true. He was a slightly better wrestling zombie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, by the time we get to December 2006, I think the only really sci-fi element they had left was Kevin Thorne and Ariel. And um, I mean, honestly, the most that we're going to say about them on this show is that they were in a match. They're in a tag team match against uh, uh, Mike Knox and Kelly yeah, Kelly. Kelly Kelly Kelly's gimmick was an exhibitionist, and Mike Knox's gimmick was that he was a guy who held his hands out in a funny way. Yeah, he was a. Uh, yeah. I think uh, if you ever listen to the OSW Review Wrestling <laughs> Podcast, yes. uh, they call him a quarter past ten because <laughs> he holds his uh, <laughs> he calls his left arm kind of ten o'clock and his uh, his right arm at three o'clock. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I remember actually that back in OVW, like when when Mike Knox was in OVW, I was like, what is that thing? Like I know every wrestler, sh you know, they want to have a hand gesture, but I've never seen like a full upper body gesture that made literally no sense. And yeah. speaking of making literally he's no doing sense, like one point two five Seamus's <laughs> like just one of the arms is a little higher. Uh, so this yeah. word is true. These yeah. Words aren't true, but this word is true. And he might make you believe. Yeah. Throwing back to the old Seamus uh, okay. song. Um, he. Uh, yeah. You know what? I don't even really want to talk about it past this. It's yeah. Like it's a it's a fucking who cares? Um, so the, the, the Mike Knox walked out on Kelly match Kelly. It uh, was Ariel not announced or, before this pay-per-view. Dude, literally no one had any expectations of it. This pay-per-view except that's for why the Elimination yeah, Chamber. This pay-per-view felt like a very bad SmackDown because yeah. of it. And the, the it's commentated by, uh, you know, the, the most notable thing from this Kevin Thorne and Ariel versus Kelly Kelly and Mike Knox match is mm -hmm. the commentary. Oh, yes. Um, notably terrible is it. Um, the commentary team, may we add, is... Uh, you know, legendary ECW announcer Joey Styles and uh, former ECW legendary champion Taz, um, yes. who is now a legendary for uh, being one of the widest people um, <laughs> on this pay-per-view, looking like a refrigerator. He truly and, is. Uh, uh, also for being a, a unique commentator. He spends basically this whole, or I think there's some exchange where Joey Styles is like, 
Kevin Thorne and Ariel are, uh, they, they've been known to go to uh, what's called bite clubs. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what that, have you heard of a bite club, Taz? And he's like, oh yeah, I know what that's all about, Joey Styles. And I go to bite clubs Joey Styles every is like, weekend, Joey you, Styles. you do? He's like, yeah, and down in Red Hook in Brooklyn, I went to bite clubs all the time. Fucking I know Taz. exactly about their uh, alternative lifestyle. I'm, I'm well By which they mean in, uh, being vampires. I am well versed in uh, uh, sexually free subcultures, Joey Styles. I oh, am, uh, um, you could you could <laughs> say that Taz is uh, versed in sexually free subcultures. Um, I'd more accurately describe his commentary during this this whole show as um, basically him becoming like a, a cartoon wolf, <laughs> like his yeah. uh, just going like Aruga. He takes pretty much any opportunity whenever a woman is performing on this show. Um, his so commentary just, just becomes nonstop and utter objectification. It's seriously um, his his commentary across this show is uh, problematic. It's, it's it's extraordinarily bad, folks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say that this is uh, something that's you know so bad it's funny. I mean, there are a lot of very funny moments. There are, but this is just um, this is bad, bad. Yeah. It's There's like a, a lot of um, straight out of the 19th century ra- anti-Italian <laughs> racism. I know, and, uh, and that's the fucked up part, man. It's terrible like, ogling. Isn't Taz is Italian, right? His I believe real, he his is. His real name is Peter Sinertia, I believe. Like, yeah. what the fuck? There's um, yeah, he's he, so he is so digging in on little Guido and Tony and Mamaluke. Tony, yeah, th- those two wrestlers, the FBI or full-blooded Italians, they have a tag match earlier in the show. Yeah, sure. Which, uh, yeah, Taz spends the whole match basically yelling at them to to get him uh, Sicilian slices and, uh, in his words, water ice. Go get me a water ice. Yeah, but... Uh, Fucking, uh, yeah, moving on. You know, they, <laughs> they, they their rivals were um, a kind of odd couple tag team of uh, the charismatic um, Elijah Burke and uh, German MMA fighter, the man bear, Sylvester Turkai. Oh, indeed. Um, they're notable mostly for uh, having cool jackets and for um, Elijah Burke saying before the match that uh, they've arrived and like an animal in heat, <laughs> they're going to make their mark. Oh, this Which fucking paper I just, I just so don't, don't know if, if that, that means what you think it means. <laughs> I don't think Elijah. it does. We've arrived. This match, and we're, yeah, we're this gonna spray sex stink all over everything. Like that's <laughs> yeah. basically what you said, I think. Yeah. What th- and the subtext of this is that this is a terrible pay per view with too many tag matches that seem put together at the last minute because Correct. they were. Correct. And uh, that have absolutely no heat and uh, no storyline, nor show. Uh, much actual wrestling skill. <laughs> this uh, show is fucking ice. Cold. And I don't mean that in like, ooh, they nasty. I mean like there no, is no heat they are on at, this um, fucking show. The, the the James Brown Arena in Georgia. Yep. Um, you know, the no known uh ECW stronghold of uh, <laughs> the American Southeast. Yeah, right. Um in all honesty, like if they had, had this show in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, um Probably they would have gotten much much bigger reactions. It probably would have been a sellout. Yeah. Um, the the fans would have hated the show even more. Yep. But, but uh, uh, you know what? That's actually probably why they did it in Georgia. There were only like like 
five or six thousand people in this arena, right? Yeah, it it is. I believe the James Brown Arena is a twelve thousand seater. Yeah, something um, like that. So they were like less than half full. It's usually, I mean, the WWE does a good job of hiding uh, poor attendance and shows. They really do. They have great camera work, and you know, they they just arrange people in the right way so that you know their their shows always look packed. But I actually went to a not this uh, show. I went to a very very poorly attended SmackDown taping once in Boston. Yeah. And yeah, let me tell you, man, when I watched it back on TV that Friday night, that's how long ago this was. Um, it looked great. It looked full. It looked fucking like it looked like everyone was having fun. And I can tell you from personal experience, nobody was fucking having fun. <laughs> Not one person had fun that no, night. No. Um. Anyway, so yeah. So um, on with the card. Let's talk about. There were two matches that I feel like are really worth spending more than a few seconds on. That makes sense to um, me. Because otherwise, this is just a, this is a it's a bad show. Not because it's like not just because of the phenomenally poor booking. It's yeah. also just fucking boring. Well, I mean, WrestleMania thirty two, let's say, was a pretty terrible show. Yeah, but I mean, you can't uh, fault its its execution. The production right. values were spectacular. Um, there were great entrances, and you know, it was was probably legitimately the mo- the best attended WrestleMania they've right. ever done. Also, so, match- matches you were... Know, um, it was just the right the booking and um, yeah. you know, some of the creative decisions that were terrible. This show was bad on creative and bad on execution. Like yes. Just the production. Um, you know, Slapdash is like when... You know, there are good shows that are there last minute too. You know, what was it? TLC last year. Oh, that's you know, true. Half of the, the, ro- the pay-per-view card got sick with the months. So, yep. you know, at the last minute they... They put together an AJ Styles Finn Balor match. Oh, so you know good. they had Kurt Angle wrestle again. It was it was it was completely seat of the pants booking, but it was great. Yeah, this show is not that. This is not this that show, show. Um, you know they at the last minute before the show they decided to announce a a second match, and it turned out to be um, what was it? Uh, two teams that weren't even weren't, on ECW. weren't, weren't on ECW. It was yeah. uh team M and M. Yep. Uh, Versus uh, the Hardy Boys, uh, Matt da, da, and da, da, Jeff Hardy. Da, da, team Extreme. For this show, for some reason, they were Team Extreme. Well, they're on the Extreme show now, so they got to show how extreme they were. Yeah, Extreme with no E, but a big X. One night only, December to December 2006. Yeah. And, um, you know, Matt Hardy decided to, um, you know take some extreme naps during this <laughs> uh, this tag match. Yeah, Matt Hardy seems um, to live extremely up to disinterested ECW. in this fucking match. You um, know, if you ever, you know, sometimes you can watch a wrestling match or you can just see someone slap a headlock on and start, you know, you see behind his eyes, he's like, hmm, you know, uh, a couple more of these pay-per-views, I'll be able to set aside the money to, <laughs> you know, fix that fence on my house. I'll be able to, you know, get my my lawn carved into a bunch of, you know, goofy uh, shapes, <laughs> Hardy Boys symbols. Yeah, I'll be able to afford uh, buy a grand piano that I'll eventually use in a <laughs> bizarre wrestling storyline where I pretend to be four thousand years old. I'll buy a violin for some reason. I don't know why yet, but I will soon enough. Yeah. I'll buy all the peroxide I could ever need because someday I might want <laughs> to bleach yeah. a single part of my hair. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Johnny Nitro, or or as he, I guess as he was known, yeah, he was Johnny, no, he was Nitro, Johnny Nitro back Nitro then. then yeah. You know, was, he's probably doing the same thing. He's like, 
hmm, you know, I, I hear the, the WWE Elite Series action figure <laughs> of mine is going to come out soon. I'm going to put that in the display case next to the regular series figure. I'm pretty excited about that. This like, match yeah, you lasts can, you can about half like, an hour. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to understand why. It's not for a tag team belt. It's... Uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, the opening match of the show. Yep. Which you know usually should be a kind of high energy, not necessarily long match to, to right. get people excited, get them you know ready for more action coming right. later. This uh this is like a slog. Oh my god! Um, seriously, it's a it, this is a slog fest. Like yeah. from beginning to end, all twenty seven and a half minutes of it. It's a fucking snooze fest and these are two teams that were actually very good in 2006 and it's not just like because i mean matt hardy you know as great as he is now he was still a great tag team wrestler 12 years ago but the problem was that at this during this match he and jeff were both currently in in singles competition like jeff is the intercontinental champion on this show right he comes out with the belt and uh and yeah you know it's they, 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 it doesn't seem like they really want to be in a tag team. It doesn't you know, seem for like a any one of night them only match or, right. or anything. I don't get the feeling that any of them wanted to be there, mm. even for a second. Like, I feel like all four of them were told, like, hey, so we gotta fucking, we gotta book a heater for this show. You guys are gonna go on first. Stink. Yeah. This show sucks. This show has one match. So, we got to turn this one match pile of shit into a two match pile of shit. So that's exactly what they did. And if you know what, actually, if we're, if we're getting it on a grading system that if you really wanted like a five star garbage shithole pile of fucking nonsense match. Yeah. A plus. Yeah. Matt Hardy is he's on the phone with Vince when they're <laughs> they're booking this match and he's thinking in his head. It's like, OK, well, you know, this is. George is not that far from Cameron, North Carolina. Maybe, you know, I can, I've been meaning to go, you know, pick up my uh, rideable lawnmower <laughs> down there. You know, I can just uh, pick it up at the, the hardware, the Home Depot nearby and just drive <laughs> it back with me. That with well, the, I might as well just grab my pickup truck and I'll get my, yeah. I'll get my ride on mower and uh, Jeff's moped is getting fixed out of the shop this weekend. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's just somewhere in the middle of there. He's like, all right, Vince. Um, I'll work this match I'll, too. I'll tag your team. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean it's it's a it's always disappointing when you see a very lackluster match between wrestlers who are both very good and who you like a lot. Yeah. Um, I think Johnny, uh, the former Johnny Nitro, he since went on in WWE to be John Morrison. Yep. Then. Uh, he left WWE, became Johnny Mundo in Lucha Underground. I think now he's Johnny Impact on TNA. Yeah, I believe um, so. He's he's his whole gimmick is calling himself John, and then with the name of your wrestling promotion. Yep. You know what though? He, he was um he was you know escaping uh his family curse of just having to start a family restaurant with the last <laughs> name Hennigan. Exactly. No, I'm I'm gonna stay in my hometown running a. Uh, a casual diner with <laughs> Tiffany lamps all over the place. I remember when he started all out. All kinds of shit on the walls. <laughs> We're going to have all sorts of wacky shit on the walls. There's going to be a fucking Hennigan's. A talking fish. Welcome to Hennigan's. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I totally, that's fine. I totally it's, it's, cut that's, you off. That's fairly accurate. Um, so I remember 
when he started out, he was on Raw as a solo act. Okay. And he went through. He like went through. Don't tell me his name was Johnny Raw. It was Johnny Blaze. I shit you not. And Johnny Blaze. The WWE the got a. Uh, the WWE got a swift cease and desist letter for that one. From Method Man or from Marvel Comics? Marvel Comics. Okay. Um. And then it was Johnny Nitro, because he was kissing up to Eric Bischoff, but Johnny Nitro stuck, and then they sent him back down to OVW, and he became a tag team with Joey Matthews. Joey Matthews, when they got called up, they were like, well, we can't just have you being called Joey Matthews. So he mm. became Joey Mercury. Mercury, oh, okay. Nitro, Molina, Eminem. This match is hot fucking garbage. Hot fucking garbage. HFG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, uh, it's very long. It's very opening. Very, uh, very bad it's it's just the opening match it's very opening match um it's uh i mean who even wins this one the hardys okay i don't even remember how honestly i've seen this show five times including the time i watched it live on pay-per-view five times i still can't tell you how the hardys won that match yeah um let's see i mean honestly as far as the fucking undercard goes after that all i can really tell you is that the sandman was there yeah like um, but we should probably go to the main event of this match. Oh, which please, is, yes. Uh, of this show. Um, like I said before, they uh, sold this pay-per-view off of the promise of the uh, so-called Extreme Elimination Chamber. Yes. Extreme Elimination Chamber. For the now Extreme the, the World title. The regular Elimination Chamber themso- um, itself had been described for the, you know, couple of years since it was introduced as you know satan's structure yep. a demonic place where people end their careers and break their bodies along eight trillion miles of steel <laughs> with five billion chains tons of steel um, uh, barbed wire fucking chains uh, the floor is lava like jim ross really he really sold it well yeah. he was like People, people that. Oh, God! It's the <laughs> devil himself made this! There's a million billion chains on chains on top of steel slabs! There's a d- d- alligator pit in the center of the ring! And a moat with sharks! And uh, they've got uh, dynamite hanging from every uh, plexiglass pod! The reinforced pods will be unable to protect you from the punishment your body will receive! And. Not even the costumes are good. Shawn Michaels wore terrible brown pants in the first (laughs) Elimination Chamber. (laughs) They were so bad. (laughs) By God, Giles Corey is getting pressed in the middle of the ring. Oh, Oh oh, they killed him. They killed him. They killed him. Did he say more weight? What a crazy son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, you know, with all that hyperbole around the normal (laughs) Elimination Chamber... Um, this show kind of has a problem. How do you make the Elimination Chamber, which is already sold as the most extreme thing, yep. you know, more extreme? It's like why, it's like why why all of the Democrat candidates that are actually running as socialists now are <laughs> are succeeding across America because for so long, uh, right wing you know candidates have been smearing them as communists and socialists. So and when That's an actual socialist runs, yeah, might as well. He's like. Yeah, that's 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 what I am. And <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm a fucking but socialist. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's like, so but I I can't slander you now. 
So uh, the extreme <laughs> elimination chamber is uh, the elimination chamber. But uh, they sneak a few weapons with in. some bullshit added. So to the, it. the the four people who um in in the six person elimination chamber match, two people started, yep. and then the four people who are trapped in the uh, unbreakable Lexan bulletproof glass yeah. pods will have a weapon Correct. in there. Um, the six people in this match are uh, one of them, uh, who CM Punk has a folding chair. Yep. Um, Test has a crowbar, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, a crowbar. Um, the the ECW champion at the time, the Extreme Big Show. Yes. The largest extreme athlete. <laughs> Uh, the largest extremist, sorry, that's, uh, yeah. for some reason all the wrestlers were called extremists, extremists on this show. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, but the, the, the extreme big show had, uh, a barbed wire baseball bat. Yes, he had an extreme barbed wire baseball bat. And speaking of extreme and, and uh, the extreme big show, the extreme big show was, uh, extremely bored and extremely unmotivated for this match and, uh, really extremely checked out. I yeah. noticed as this match went on. He is, um, yeah, I've never seen anyone swing a barbed wire baseball bat with less desperation <laughs> than uh, the extreme big show. Just truly just no, kinda, no just zeal lightly, behind lightly it. pawing you with the bat. Um, it's like you might and, get a uh, scratch. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the man who'd ultimately win the uh, ECW World Championship in this show, Bobby Lashley, now return to Raw. Yes, current um, Raw superstar. Same gimmick of extremely muscular man who wears headbands. Um, he entered the elimination chamber with a table. Yeah, what the fuck was that? It's just a, it's just a. What a strange. When you're thinking of, you've thing. got four weapons. It's not like you know. It's not like you've run out of extreme weapons to put in this, right? Like, why didn't he have a kendo stick? Uh, actually, I guess the kendo there stick is a lot is of portable thing. extreme things that you can you can put in there. Like I said, just give him a stick of dynamite, dude. A, a table is just cumbersome and clumsy. Yeah, like, and those Lexan pods aren't even that big, so it's like, how uncomfortable is it to be standing in that fucking? You know, think pod about with the many table. the many other things that wrestling managers have used to knock. Uh, you know, good guy wrestlers out over the years. They could have put a high heel shoe in there, uh, an enormous 80s cell phone, a tennis racket. A handful of salt, for Christ's sake, would be better <laughs> yeah. than a table. Anything. But, um, anything at all. But yeah, they uh, they have this extreme elimination chamber, and uh, the fans are excited about it, and they put up with a lot of bullshit during this show because um, they're getting to it, because point. they are waiting to see... Um, their their main man CM Punk become ECW World Champion. Yeah, they are. Um, this is 2006. He CM Punk was newly brought up to WWE television after having been in developmental for like a cup of coffee. Yep. He was a absolutely the hottest indie superstar, ECW. and uh, you know a big enough name already that uh, people cared about him and wanted to see him win the big one. Um, like we said, the champion was Extreme Big Show. Yep. Um, originally, a couple of months before this, uh, the inaugural new ECW champion was uh, Rob Van Dam. Correct. Um, who actually won both the WWE. He won the WWE Championship at ECW's One Night Stand show. Yep. In um, 2006. Did over the summer before this, and uh, then later that week, right or. Once uh, the e- once the ECW TV show was uh, went on air, 
he came out on that show and uh, was also given the new ECW world title. Correct. And kept both unsurprising turn of events. Uh, noted airbrushed uh, dragon and yin-yang wrestling tights enthusiast Rob Van Dam was uh, found to not only have been driving under the influence of marijuana, but have a car chock full of steroids or steroid paraphernalia yes as well as pot pretty much and, uh, um, a whole car full of uh get you arrested and and absolutely flatline your push yeah was made to drop but both new titles that he had just won um the next week in uh rapid succession yes he and lost uh, uh, the wwe title on raw to edge and then the next night on ECW on Sci-Fi, he lost the ECW title to the Extreme Big Show. Now, can we take a moment and talk about the yeah. Extreme Big Show's was, uh, title lineage? Yeah, well, wait, just one one thing. Was Rob Van Dam, was he making his return on this pay-per-view, or had he been, been around for... No, he'd been around. Okay, just... Yeah. You know, hadn't he, gotten back to being a champion. Right. He like he served out his suspension uh, in August of that year, so he was gone for like five weeks. Um, I want to say, yeah, which wasn't that bad. Um, yeah. it's like a WWE sixty day suspension or thirty yeah. day suspension. Yeah, I think I think I think it was thirty days. Might have been sixty. My memory's a little foggy. It was twelve years ago. Mm. But I want to take one minute and just talk about the confusing run of the extreme big shows title run yeah like, so so he would defend it in extreme rules matches for like maybe the first month or two that he was champion and have you ever yeah. looked at the list of fucking people that went up and like took on him for that title uh no rick flair what yeah batista <laughs> had a particularly fucked up match. Him and Batista had a match that the crowd turned on so bad that they both kind of just stopped playing along and started being like openly antagonistic toward the crowd on television. Jesus. It was fucking crazy. I still can't get over Ric Flair challenging for the ECW title. And he put up probably the best You fight. mean to tell me that there's a belt that I can win the nature boy <laughs> where I have to bleed a whole lot. <laughs> you got yourself a match. <laughs> Let me tell you something, pal. The nature boy bleeds <laughs> for a light breeze. My forehead is like tracing paper. <laughs> we <laughs> still are both working on our Ric Flair. I don't even care. I, I don't care. I know my Ric Flair is terrible, but <laughs> yeah. I like doing that voice. Oh, it's lot. great. Um, um, but no, it's like he actually maybe had the best match with the big show because he did bleed the most as yeah. gross as that all sounds. But the big show was like he was presented as this unstoppable champion. Yeah. Which just has not worked for the big show since. 2000 or whenever he debuted because people buy i mean you just knew that uh big show had just lost so much and been a comedy act for so long or then eventually they'd realize oh well this guy's really big we need to make him more (laughs) of a threat and then he'd be unstoppable again but you know it's not always just about being big i mean 
I know that the Big Show is a very large man. I know that he is an ex- exceptionally strong human being on top of that. Yeah. But it's not all about all j- being tall. Yeah. You know, like, um, the thing that drove me crazy is, like, they'd flip-flopped him so many times. They made him a goofy character, a serious character, a goofy character, a serious character, back and yeah. forth and back and forth. That By the time he joined ECW and the time that he won the title and became like a regularly defending champion. He's like, I didn't really buy it. You know, it was like, yeah. I didn't buy the big, you show don't buy him uh, doing the voiceover on this pay-per-view where he's just like, I am the most extreme champion to ever be in ECW. I'm going to bring the pain. It was almost more Ultimate Warrior than Big Show, but yeah. yeah like no, I, I can't get down to the Big Show register, but uh, I mean, he, he cuts up all these promos about how he is ECW, which, you know, if you right? followed ECW at all. You most um, certainly were not, in sir. The, when it was a real wrestling company, uh, yeah, he most patently is not. <laughs> you are not ECW, my good and, man. And, um, you know, of course, uh, Paul Heyman actual founder of ECW is playing a villainous authority figure. Shocker. You know, the most beloved person to fans of ECW playing a, a heel authority figure yeah. um, who backs up his extreme champion of uh, of Big Show by bringing into this match um, Test, <laughs> another noted ECW uh, original by which I mean he never performed in ECW. Oh, no, no. I mean, Test was definitely... mostly for having done steroids more obviously than any other wrestler. Yes, WWE. I mean, clearly the heart and soul of ECW, Andrew Test He's, Martin. Yeah, big roidy Magoo Test <laughs> and uh, Hardcore Holly. Now, before we get too far into Hardcore Holly there, he was a night of replacement for who? Sabu. Sabu was supposed to be in that match. Sabu oh, was actually tell me that uh, they baited and switched the fans by uh, advertising legendary hardcore fan favorite Sabu, and faked you out by actually delivering in this match uh, a guy who was entertaining in 1999 by pretending he weighed 400 pounds. Correct. But Absolutely now he rebranded correct. himself as some kind of hardcore tough guy. Top marks, Dan. In, in basically the worst kind of, like, hardcore self-reinvention since, like, Buster Rhymes cut his dreads off. Oh, God, And that pretended so that he was 50 Cent. Exactly that. Exactly all of that. Um, yeah. So, on the night, and I remember this was actually the point that I considered turning my pay-per-view feed off. Um they did the whole backstage segment of like, you know, something's going to happen. And they just kind of showed Sabu laying on the ground. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. You know what? Really? You know, a, a man who I think on this show, the commentators um, praised for his toughness, a man who I think Joey Styles on this show said had once gotten like staples like on during his, a like match. eyebrow or like, <laughs> yeah, basically just like, you know, popped bones into their sockets to continue wrestling in matches. Yeah. Man of unprecedented uh, tenaciousness yes. in the ring would just be attacked mildly off stage and can't would compete. be stretched off and you know I mean yeah. maybe I mean can't knock the guy for taking one day off but it uh it strains 
my uh, suspension of disbelief. No, it absolutely say. does. That's exactly. But what yay, I was we say. got hardcore Holly in the match. Maybe he'll uh, he'll you know show us all to be wrong and uh, silence the haters with you know. To his credit, there was um, wonderful wrestling skill and emotion and heart. To his credit, to Hardcore Holly's credit, there was one match he had with Rob Van Dam uh, where he took a table bump that fucking ripped his back open. Like, just ripped his goddamn back open. Uh, He was bleeding all over the place. He needed, like, 20-some-odd stitches. And that was fucking, like, and he finished that match. So, top marks to him for finishing that fucking match. But... On the night, you said exactly what I experienced in the moment on the night. I was the fucking bait and switch broke my brain. I was devastated that it was like, okay, so Sabu, a guy who I have seen literally tear his bicep open on barbed wire on television fighting Terry Funk, took a back shot and like a couple of kicks to the ribs from Bob Holly. Yeah. And he can't go on? That's, Are you uh, fucking kidding? I mean, like that's actually a, that's a spot that I have well, a really big problem with yeah. on a that lot was of levels. Early in the show and the crowd just kind of died. Yeah. And uh crowd never really re- the crowd yeah. didn't recover from that. Not uh not only I mean, you could hear bullshit chants while they were playing the video package. Yeah. Which I feel is pretty rare. I mean, I don't know how uh, in 2006 or today. Um well cuz it was in fact bullshit. Honestly, yeah. um, no. uh, so where? It's a, but but you know, we we should start the match a little bit uh, at the beginning. Okay. Um, I mean, Rob Van Dam and Hardcore Holly begin the match outside of the pods. Is Correct. that right? And uh, they uh, they have a extremely bland match uh, for like five minutes until the. F- uh, the pods start to open. CM Punk uh, does come out pretty yep. early, and the, the the he gets the one pop of the night. Yes, he he did. Um, he, he didn't get the biggest pop. He got the only pop. Yeah, because it certainly was a pop you should not ever say is a big pop, if only because the fans were so deflated, deflated by now, and so many yeah. of them had already left the show. But uh, they show up for him, and. Uh, they follow this match for all of the three minutes or so that he's in it. Yeah, right. Um, and then he, what, he takes a fucking... Well, he's in it for only as long as uh, until Test comes out from the next pod. Correct. With a crowbar who then, uh, you know, knocks CM Punk around a little bit. And uh, Rob Van Dam, of all people, eliminates CM Punk. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, this so you have, no like, one sense. of, you know one of the guys the crowd might be inclined to like eliminating the guy they actually like. And uh, from then on, the match just goes to shit. And um, I mean, got it also Rob Van Dam, a, a very talented wrestler, still honestly, you know, in, um, in pretty excellent uh, shape as a performer Yeah. in 2006, but uh, definitely not inspired in this match. Um, fighting... You know, men who uh, look like basically a like, you know, phone cellular service like rising bars display <laughs> of uh, muscularity and height. Actually, and, yeah, and 
inability to move uh, well or smoothly. You know, uh, but, maybe um, um, maybe the listeners are currently taking my silence to to be a lack of something to say or disinterest. It is like watching paint dry on yeah. a bathroom wall while you wait for a stall to poop. There it is. That's what this is. It's all at once distressing and mind-numbingly fucking boring. Um, so this is this is legit like the point in the show for me where I was like I was kind of asleep on my couch and this happens to me every time I watch the fucking show is like I start to fall asleep on my couch right after CM Punk gets eliminated. Yeah, there's not like much that's we can say that's really uh, entertaining or funny about the action in this match. Yeah. Um, Apart from CM Punk's brief highlight, um, <laughs> then it just becomes four big muscular guys who are not particularly uh, skilled wrestlers, at yeah. or at least at this point, are not giving giving it anywhere near their best performance. Right. Um, just blandly like punching and kicking each other um, in inside an elimination chamber. So Eventually it's pretty much. The um, the table does get set up, and someone gets knocked through it. Yep. In like one of the lamest, uh, one of the worst table spots uh, I can I can think of. Um, it's just like lazily set up in the corner of the thing, like vertically, and uh, then we eventually uh, big Bobby Lashley becomes big Champy Lashley. Yep. He, um, he, he beats eliminates the extreme, the extreme big, big show. Big show. I, I should say the last couple of minutes of this match are um, noteworthy, if only for Paul Heyman's uh, <laughs> like incessant uh, ringside yelling, yeah. which gets picked up on all of the ring mics. Um, oh, just as brilliant. soon as it comes, well, is uh, he enters the match last? Correct. And as soon as he enters, for the you know six or seven minutes or so before the this match mercifully ends. Paul Heyman just starts coaching him from the sidelines, um, and it just it just doesn't stop. Like that pod is going, you know, it's like ding, shunk. That's it, Big Show. You're the champion. You gotta destroy him. Destroy him. You know what's funny though is as the um, and if I I I have to correct you here. And then like as soon as Bobby Lashley gets any offense, it's like get your head in the game, Big Show. I have to correct you. It is actually only three and a half minutes from the time Big Show enters the match to no, the time yeah, the match is over. Yeah, it felt like seven and a half years. Oh, basically. I know. It felt like two lifetimes. It really did. But yeah, it's like every every sign of uh, defense turned offense from Bobby Lashley to Big Show. Paul Heyman would go from like, you got this, you got this, to like, you can't beat him. You can't beat him. And it's like, Paul, who the fuck are you rooting for? Yeah. What, what the fuck is going on, Paul? Hey, what are you, you doing? Know, on the same on the topic, can we also bring up how like the pre-chorus or the yeah you know, like the chorus of of Big Show's theme music says like you're about to see something that you'll never know. Yep. But then like once you see it coming, like you're gonna know something, something like, like that. It's, I mean, it's like it's like a something 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 that you will you never, never know. know. But something you does all him, but you just you'll know. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I don't know what happened there. That's just exactly in what, what time frame do you go from not knowing <laughs> it to knowing it? 
I, I've I've never it I've seems never like understood that. Okay. No, I totally I agree. Got that on my system. No, I totally agree. You've fucked me up for life, though. Like, now you've put that on my head now. Well, it's an extremely big show. We're gonna have an extremely big bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they did have a big bad show tonight. <laughs> they had a big bad it's show. Um, that's one of those night. the the you know it's it's the the December to December two thousand and six is listed under the Wikipedia category. Um, pay per view events where the big shows theme music uh, actually <laughs> was portentous. <laughs> It was a big bad show to <laughs> that night. Woof. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, you I, know, Bobby I, Lashley became ECW champ. This would propel him to great heights in the company. Um, you know, where he'd he'd have uh, accolades like uh, wrestling for Donald Trump at uh, that WrestleMania where Donald Trump faced Vince McMahon in a hair versus hair match. Um, yeah, he's now back after he, he having developed his wrestling skills a lot more. You know what? He had one good match, like one or one decent to good match with John Cena in like 2008. Oh, cool. Right before he left. And good for him. Uh, they moved him to Raw and then he did literally nothing. Um, and then he was released and then he, you know, signed with Bellator, got good at mixed martial arts, which I thought was pretty cool as uh, being the one half of this, this podcast partnership that enjoys mixed martial arts. Um, and then he went to TNA where he became the destroyer. But that was actually his second stint in TNA. Most people don't know that he was originally in Impact Wrestling as a babyface and then came back as a heel and did way better for himself. And I very much look forward to the day that Bobby Lashley is a heel on Raw because he could be a fucking top heel. I, I Yeah, well, I mean, it's, that's, that's probably my biggest takeaway from this show. If I, if I want to be optimistic at all... Mm-hmm. You could say that um, this is a December to December 2006 is a a show that features a lot of your you know wrestlers who are our favorites um, who uh, were in the wilderness at this time and for different reasons and who went on to do much better work outside yes. of this show. Truly, CM Punk, truly. despite his atrocious showing here, eventually did become ECW champion. Yep, got over. On ECW, went to uh, you know to Raw and went to Raw, went, to went to SmackDown. Down, he went to became a world heavyweight champion, became WWE champion, and uh, you know became one of the biggest superstars of of his his era. Yeah, his um, leaving in 2014 was you know like fucking crazy headline news for some time after after it happened. Still, people yeah. still. Hope that he's going to show back up in a wrestling ring someday. But as you know, Bobby uh, Lashley is now back on Raw and doing better than ever. Yep. Uh, the Hardys are, you know, important parts of both Raw, Raw and, and SmackDown, SmackDown these yeah. days. Uh, and I mean, hey, even Big Show had some great matches with Braun Strowman last year. That's true. So Big Show really did get. You know, don't uh, don't hold this show against the performers. Many of them hold it against the writers. Uh, yeah, hold it against the writers, against the whole company that would uh, basically just leave all of these performers just out here to die a death on yeah. TV and in that that house for you know people who um a crowd that probably could have been swayed by some some good actual like good planning if they did um, if they had even one who just were shitting on just a shit. getting you know such less than their money's worth for this show 
Yeah, this show is definitely not worth the $50 that I shelled out for it. That's for goddamn sure. Um, yeah. I'm still pretty salty about that. And I and I dump $10 into the WWE Network every month. I'm, I, I've spent significantly more on the WWE Network than I have on December to Dismember at this point. But knowing that December to Dismember exists on my WWE Network feed yeah. keeps me bitter about it. Um, and you know, yeah. To 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 put a bow on this whole thing, I feel like this episode may come off to some new listeners as like lackluster and disinterested, boring, if you will. But that's because this show is all three of those things. This show is a lackluster, just lazy disinterested boring production and it's so bad because it of its dearth it's it's a, it's almost a good kind of you know calibrator yeah. for uh you know if you, if you watch a show and you go on twitter and everyone's like this is the worst wrestlemania ever this is like the worst show the worst pay-per-view ever um then you go you back know, and you watch this you know you can you can listen to them and maybe it's it was a bad show but yeah watch this show because this is probably this is the worst thing that wwe's ever done absolutely it, at least in in the the 2000s in this millennium yeah for sure no definitely in in the, in the last 20 years without question um and we're we're including pretty much every in your house pay-per-view in that yeah. equation we're, so, we're uh, including Diesel versus King Mabel fucking main eventing at SummerSlam. <laughs> you can, you know, maybe if you if you care about really just knowing the absolute nadir of WWE pay-per-views, then uh, check this out. Um, you know, if you're a real sucker for punishment, watch some of these tag matches in the yeah. middle of the show. Watch uh, Matt Stryker. Um, Your teacher. Have uh, an Extreme Rules match by which he have a match with an extreme amount of rules <laughs> and uh you know see if see if we care you know what makes me really happy though as we as we call it a night what and forever bury this fucking stinking pile of dookie yeah we can literally only go up from here no matter what other bad pay-per-view we ever talk oh that's about not again. true there's heroes of wrestling Join us uh, at some point in the future where we talk about what, in my opinion, is the worst wrestling pay-per-view I've ever seen. Heroes of Wrestling. Even worse than this one. It's, uh, it's going to be a stinker, folks. Talent, a wrestling podcast for everybody, was written, produced, and performed by Daniel Thorne and Evan Fox. They are currently sponsored by absolutely nobody. Please sponsor us. <laughs>